Welcome to Appalachian Shine, the official podcast for the Foundation for Appalachian Advancement. And if you're listening to this, then consider yourself a part of the team. Stick around and let's shine a light on all things Appalachia. Welcome to another episode of Appalachian Shine, and happy Thanksgiving to anyone who's listening. Today's actually Wednesday the 23rd. Tomorrow's the big day. So uh, here in uh, central Appalachia, uh, I expect the roads to be busy. People driving back and forth to family members' houses to enjoy Thanksgiving. Turkey, ham, stuffing, sweet potatoes. I don't know about you, but I plan on putting on an eating display of serious power on Thursday. (laughs) <laughs> and I'm looking forward to it, actually. Um, Thanksgiving is actually one of my favorite time of years. Uh, favorite time of year. It's probably my favorite holiday uh, overall. Uh, just because of the meaning of it, to be thankful and appreciative and grateful for the things we have here in our lives. Um, regardless of the times we live in, uh, you know, the things that are going on in, in the region, the, the country, the world. Um, with no matter what our finances, no matter what um, our location here in, in Appalachia, we can all be very thankful and grateful for the things we do have and for each other. So um, as we go into the holidays, um, would love to hear from some of you that are listening. What are some of the things that you're going to be thankful for tomorrow uh, as you sit around the, the, with, the, with family and, and friends and enjoy, uh, enjoy the meal? And what is your favorite part about the Thanksgiving meal? You know, some people really love the cranberry sauce. Never had a thing for it. Got to be honest. But the one thing from Thanksgiving, other than mac and cheese, that I could literally eat every day, all year long, is the stuffing. That stuff is absolutely delicious. I love it. Um, no matter who makes it, whether uh, it's, it's uh, my sister or my mother, whoever makes it, it's amazing. I, anyway, I can just eat that all day, every day, and not and it doesn't get old. And for some reason, neither does sweet potatoes. But I digress. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. I hope everybody has a great holiday weekend, relaxing, and uh, and don't don't get too carried away with Black Friday out shopping. And another thing, I want to just kind of remind everybody. Um, usually, I've been guilty of doing my shopping a lot on Amazon. And we have our Amazon Smile page set up so that if you do shop on Amazon, you can use that as a donation. You know, part of the part of that will be donated to um, the Foundation for Appalachian Advancement. But you know, there's a very important thing we all need to, I think, focus on more is shopping local. Um, people locally appreciate the business a whole heck of a lot more than Amazon. Um, but even though I know some of those are small businesses on Amazon itself, but yeah, it's important to support our, our local folks, especially our artists this time of year. Painters, writers, books make great Christmas gifts. Uh, so do paintings. So does local, you know, CDs from local musicians. 
So consider all that as we go into the holidays. It doesn't have to be an expensive venture, but you know we can we can certainly do what we can to support the local uh, economy and local artists and culture. One thing I wanted to the reason I wanted to do a podcast today is I recently I just went up to one of my favorite places, South Holston Dam. I, I love going up there, especially in the fall. Of this time of year, it's pretty cold. It was really cold up there the other day. And I took a short video with my cell phone and I posted that up on Facebook. And you really couldn't hear much because uh, the wind noise. Very windy up there. It's very cold. This was on Saturday. So I dropped uh, some family off at the Barter Theater to watch It's a Wonderful Life. And uh, I gave away a few calendars that day, uh, our, our new calendars for 2023. And then I went up to the dam to just do a little video recording and just enjoy some solitude. And I started thinking, you know, this this place has a long history. And I've, I've mentioned the dam on here a few times. But I wonder how many people actually, when they go by there, go out on a boat, go fishing, they know the history of the lake. And I just kind of wanted to talk a little bit about that fun history and kind of creepy history a little bit, too, if you think about it. So South Holston Dam, um, the uh, the river, the Tennessee watershed, the river around there used to flood a lot, and of course, um, they the the uh, Tennessee Valley Authority and the uh, I guess got together with um, the state of Tennessee, and they decided they were going to go ahead and build a dam there to control all the flooding. That, that was going on primarily, but they were also going to use it as a hydroelectric uh, dam so that they could generate electricity. Great idea. So they could uh, commissioned the dam to be built in uh, December of 1941. Now, if you remember that date in history, <laughs> that month in history, it's kind of bad timing. Uh, December 1941, the Japanese also bombed Pearl Harbor. So we have this big mammoth project underway uh, that was commissioned in December of 1941. But So they started the following year, uh, February, <clears throat> on the project of building the dam. But the War Production Board uh, requested that uh, they suspend operations. Because there was a shortage of like, they have very critical materials that they needed for the war effort. So they decided not to work on the dam at the time. They didn't start again uh, on that project until 1947, the summer of 1947. And I, I read this online. This is really interesting. Those of you that are from central Appalachia that may know the lake, South Holston Lake, um, it goes across both state lines, Virginia and Tennessee. And it says here that the, down impound, the dam impounds the South Holston Lake of 7,550 acres. That's a lot of acreage. Um, that, that, is a, that is a big, uh, it's over 24 miles, I guess, of, um, of, uh, of dam, of shoreline, not shoreline, but just dam. Um, so anyway, for those who don't know where the dam is at, where South Holston Lake is at, uh, the dam is actually located on the Tennessee side, uh, just above the South Fork uh, of Holston River. 
um, probably about 50 miles above that. So it's actually on the back road going into Bristol Motor Speedway. There's a highway that goes uh, back past Bristol if you go up State Street and then hook around to go back that way like you're going toward the back road to Bristol Motor Speedway. And just keep going. You'll see a little sign. It points you up the, up the side, of, you know, just down the road to go to the, to the dam. Um, so anyway, this, it's, uh, it's, I guess about the dam itself is about close to 300 feet high and, uh, 1600 feet long. And it actually generates over 38,000 kilowatts of electricity. So it has a spillway, um, down at the bottom. This is really interesting, and it has like two intakes. I was there one day when uh, the uh, sirens started going off down at the bottom of the dam. I was back near Osceola, Osceola Island, and uh, this is maybe you know a mile, half mile. But uh, the dam has two intakes, one at the north end, one at the south end. So the north one uh, transfers water from the reservoir through uh, this conduit system. All right, so here's the interesting thing. They had to put this, you know, construct this so that it didn't damage any of the ecosystem because when they released the water from the from the lake into the river below through the dam, there it's the water from the bottom of the lake, which is the uh, least oxygenated and incredibly cold. So when they released that water out, they, you know, they turn the sirens on so everybody knows hey you got about five ten minutes to get out of the water um and uh, especially especially if you're fishing you know you're out in there and your waders fishing which people are down there all the time fly fishing and, and and uh trout fishing so anyway i noticed when they release that the there's this heavy fog that comes off the river where that cold water mixed with the uh, with the warm and it, it's so cool to see but, uh, yeah, the sirens are certainly loud, uh, worse than a train whistle, probably. But anyway, let's kind of get back to a little bit of the history of it, right? So, um, it, since the early 1900s, nothing had really been done to kind of, I guess, alleviate a lot of the flooding around there. So, and so that's when they, it's why they commissioned it in the 40s. They had to do the same thing with Watauga. Um... The construction of the dam itself, it required, I think it was over 12, almost 13,000 acres of land that had to be cleared. Um, so after the flooding had happened, I mean, it's had, I guess, destroyed things downstream in both Bluff City and Kingsport. And anyway, I guess the locals had had enough of that, right? So they start the construction of it. They, they uh, purchase over almost 13,000 acres of land. Um, but almost 4,000 of that had to be cleared. Okay. So the construction, this is interesting. This is where it gets interesting. This is where it gets a little creepy. Actually, the construction moved 340 families out of the valley there where the, where the dam is, um, where the lake is now. It also had to relocate. It says 559 graves. Also, if you know, think about this, if you're out there fishing, in the reservoir. Just think about all the houses that are 
that were down that were flooded that were down there. Um, also, there was about 30 and a half miles of road that had to be relocated. You know, I guess so. Imagine just fishing over. It's like you're fishing or boating or swimming, skiing over a town below you, 300 feet below you. Anyway, like I said, in October 1942, the War Production Board uh, ordered a halt to uh, the South Holston and the Watauga Project um, because they weren't vital to the war effort and attention needed to be sent, uh, spent elsewhere. So TVA, they spent a few weeks securing the sites and um, they stalled it until the end of the war. And they picked up uh, work again in the summer of 1947. Uh, and that's um, when Watauga actually got, was close to completion at that point. Um, so anyway, the, um, the saddle dam, I think is what it's called, uh, that I'm down at the bottom where they uh, have to um, run the water through to keep it from uh, harming the ecosystem downstream. So that that's called the saddle dam. Um, anyway, this was think about this. I I think this is kind of interesting because they had to relocate 559 graves, and it makes me wonder when I'm up there. Of those graves that they relocated, did they just relocate the headstones and leave the caskets buried? I I don't know. I never was able to find any information on that. Uh, and if they relocated just those graves. Were there other graves down there that maybe we didn't know about? Uh, we do know that um, the uh, area was had a lot of Native Americans prior. Were there grave sites or burial sites there for them? Because um, it would have been near, you know, the rivers, so there would have been a lot of uh, Native activity. Uh, were there other families down there that had uh, private cemeteries for their families, private burial plots? that maybe did not go noticed. I wonder about that. You know, it's because that's not the first, I mean, that's happened in other locations. I don't know that it's happened in South Holston, but it's one of those things I just kind of wondered. So there's always so many questions when it comes to history. Um, the, the what ifs and was everything recorded properly or done properly? And if so, how would we know? Um, were people hurt during the project? How many how many lost their lives? You think about that when they were building skyscrapers in New York City. How many people lost their lives to that? Or the Hoover Dam. That was an infamous location for people losing their lives, building that one. But anyway, we have beautiful South Holston Lake uh, that people enjoy all summer and spring long and in, into the fall. And we have so many gorgeous lakes around here in central Appalachia. That, uh, yeah, hopefully some people are uh, renting some cabins around the, the lakes um, this, this holiday season and enjoying Thanksgiving and Christmas there, too. But anyway, I thought that was really interesting that they commissioned the dam right uh, right at the attack of Pearl Harbor and uh, all the history that and uh, effort it took to bring that project to fruition that all of us use today just for our summer entertainment and enjoyment. Uh, anyway. Do you have any local history that you find fascinating, uh, that you have questions about? Feel free and share it with us. I'd love to hear it. Thanks again, everybody, for tuning in to this episode of Appalachian Shine. Again, happy Thanksgiving to everyone. Have a safe and happy uh, weekend.
and we will see you on down the road.